for accepting our, our invitation. I'll let you introduce yourself. I gave a quick uh, introduction, so I'll let you uh, take it in your own words. Yeah, no problem. So, yeah, definitely. I'm Julie. I've been in the, the SaaS uh, tech startup community of Montreal um, since we first uh, started Tractic. I come uh, more from a uh, corporate background or actually very diverse background. Um, when I finished high school, I decided to jump in the adventure. So um, I didn't do any college or university afterwards. I decided to move to Mexico and then I also was a flight attendant. I worked in restaurants for a really long time. And then I started working for a company called Mosaic uh, Experiential Marketing. So I, I spent about 10 years at Mosaic uh, working on different accounts that we had over there um, from a coordinator to a field manager to an account managers um, supporting different business in um, either retail or beverages. And finally, I was working for a project on Labatt. And so when I left, uh, Mosaic Labatt approached me to be their people continuity specialist. So over there, I manage all the HR recruitment uh, programs that we had that we hired for uh, across Canada. And I did a big project on um, launching Teleo for Labatt and AB and Bev. And so that got me into software implementation and really kind of gave me the, the project management aspect of everything. Um, and at the same time, my uh, significant other or partner in crime uh, is a developer and started Tractic. And so as he was creating Tractic, I was supporting him with a lot of different aspects of early stage business. Obviously, I don't code, but uh, we had been in different businesses and supporting different projects. It was easy for me to get my hands inside it and start to really understand what it was like as I was living similar situation with implementing um, Teleo globally for AB and Bev. And so um, that's when I decided to make the jump and, uh, and join the company after my first maternity leave. So literally had a baby and jump on board the, the beginning of Tractic um, in operation, but really started into customer success, building implementation mm -hmm. team and stuff like that. Okay. Talk about taking on uh, a bunch of challenges at the same time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you mentioned you have... Um, a corporate background, Labat and, and other corporations. Um, how did that transition from corporate to startup uh, happen? And you can tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it was. Um, it wasn't that different. So very, very much depending. Obviously, Mosaic and Labat are quite large size companies. However, they had that culture where you were still able to build and challenge the status quo, um, although very much more restricted in terms of creativity and flexibility and, yeah. and like following that. But the, the transition happened well, but it kind of just opened up a field of new experience or experiment that I could take on. And obviously, um, not having built those companies from, from scratch, it was very interesting to just be able to touch on everything. So when you, you do the transition from corporate, you used to say, well, this is your playground and this is where you're going to play. 
But as you build a startup, you have to wear multiple hats. So I always said like, okay, this is my operations hat, take it off. This is my finance hat, take it off. This is my HR hat, take it off. And, and really have to be flexible. And I'd like to say be a very, we say in French, débrouillard. Like mm -hmm. if you don't know something, figure it out. <laughs> MacGyver it, yeah. You need to be able to, to do that. And, 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 and that's kind of a, a trait that uh, we're looking for in startup, right? Also when we hire, it's like, can you figure it out by yourself and, yeah. and then come with different solutions and be very um, more so creative. So it was a good, it was a good jump and a good timing as well for, for me um, as a new mom to, to have kind of a new challenge and be able to, to kind of really build something from, from the ground. Okay. Um, and you, you mentioned that um, your partner in crime and, and life partner was, uh, was your partner in business. So can you tell us a bit more about how, how that works, um, the support uh, and the dynamics? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think what, what, what was great about, about us um, is we, we've had very different background. Like I said, I, I'm not a product person. I'm not a tech by the sense definition that I don't code or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I can understand the language, but it's not what I do. And so we had very different world, right? So where I'd always say like, you need to think about people, there's going to be human involved and <laughs> you can just put like a line of code and people do what you, <laughs> you need and, and stuff like this. that. Yeah, exactly. And so it, it, it was great to have very distinct roles Um, so based on my project management experience, I really more focused on building the implementation team and the support team and the human aspect as to how we're going to operate, uh, operationalize the business and, and obviously be, being a product, um, guy, Simon's very, uh, is a visionary. So he, he can see how the product would be so beneficial for our clients and, what needed to be built and what needed to be developed where I would see where from a business standpoint, what do we need to do? Who should we hire first and how should we um, kind of build the team that we need to support us in the journey? So I think that really helped us. Um, it, it, and it's, it's kind of a touch and go, right? You, you meet mm -hmm. up and you're like, okay, this is what I'm working on. High five. And you continue running. Yeah. Um, and, and so We, we did that for a really long time. And obviously we hired quite a lot of people along the journey to, to come and help, uh, help us. Um, but it was great to have both our, our world and also being both very go-getters. So obviously you talk about work when you go home. And yeah. we, we had a second child in the first year. And so <laughs> we have all sorts of a funny story where, I would have to do interviews and I'd come in the office with the kid and park it with <laughs> marketing and go do an interview and, and pick the kid back up and, and go um, do other things. And so um, I think we, we, we were a partner in life, but we also were very good partners in business and, and really understood each other and what needed to be done to make it a successful, um, make it a successful business. So it was, um, uh, It was a journey, obviously. Uh, we worked on that say, seven years uh, together. Yep. Uh, so that's quite, uh, that's quite a long time. We don't 
often see partners staying in business for that long, unless, and, and especially, at, let, let, let me put it this way, not partners that both have kind of a very high um, leadership role within the company. Okay. Um, because at, at a certain point, you, you get to, uh, even your employees thinks of you as like mom and dad, right? So if dad mm-hmm. says, no, I'm going to go see mom. And if mom says, no, I'm going to go see dad. <laughs> and so we, we needed to be very, very, very much aligned on, on what we say. But uh, we both had our strength and a lot of our um, employees depicted or painted it as like Simon has like shows you the puzzle and you see all the the puzzle and where it's going to go and then all the pieces drops and then I take the pieces and I put them together so that we can kind of move forward so that's how um, that's how we worked that's a very complimentary it's uh, yeah <laughs> two roles that complete each other. That's uh, that's very interesting, and, and and yeah, it's true that not a lot of partners in business continue for that long. So yeah, congratulations on that. Um, so you mentioned that you were looking after like a lot like in the early stages. There's a lot of hires to do, and and you were taking uh, taking uh, care of of a large part of that. Um, what were you looking for in people? that you were hiring, um, like what a couple of, of, uh, of points, very like uh, traits yeah. you're looking for here? Yeah. I think what we, what I said at the beginning is hire people that you know and that you trust. So okay. like not necessarily your best friends, but people that you've worked with and that you enjoyed working with, you love their work ethic and people mm-hmm. that you know can figure it out. <laughs> so this is really a big trait, but I, I hired a lot of people I worked with from Mosaic and Labatt when I, when I okay. went to Tractic. Um, not like I said, my best friends or anything like that. I really went for people that I enjoyed working with, that, um, that I kind of became friend with at the, the, the previous work um, because culture is extremely important. And so if you're going to drive that way and you hire people that their career is much more important and all they want to do is, is like be this level at that stage, that's not what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so you need to make sure that you look for people that um, have that willingness and that really want to collaborate and build a business. And, and, and they're, they're, they want to be part of something that can grow um, and, and culture wise, they, they fit your personality because say, there's a lot of phone call at night when you start your business, there's a lot of like, Hey, we need to do this. Uh, or this, this line call, there's an emergency. And then you, like the five of all of you were on the line trying to figure <laughs> it out. So you have to find people that when you meet them, if you've never worked with them, you 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 feel that connection with them that y- like you want to be friend with them because you'll be spending and like work is a big part of your life and and you have to be um, comfortable with the people that people that you work with. Uh, also, we hired um, very early on. I hired someone in in HR, so I did HR for for a while, uh, but. At a certain stage, seeing the, the the rapid growth that we had and the number of hires we we wanted to make, I wanted to and having an HR background as well. So working in the HR department of Labat, I 
wanted to hire somebody from from an HR background very early on. So we did hire a director of HR quite early on to come and support the growth. So it's one thing to hire. First, recruitment takes a lot of time. I think people don't realize that screening resumes and like booking that first phone interview and then, um, then meeting with the person and stuff like that it takes somebody's like whole week sometimes if you have five or six positions that are open. But on top of that, the more you grow your team, it's not when you're going to be 50 um, that you're going to turn around and say, oh, now I need to put policy, like not policies, but that I need to have like a rigorous competency appraisals or things like that. I think it's better to build as you go. Um, because people do expect some sort of feedback as well and performance. And you're, you're still, um, those people that are going to be there with you for a long time um, still need to get that coaching or that training that they need to get to the next level. And I feel as though in software specifically or in tech, it's like you got the technology that you, you sell, but you have all the human aspect in the back that's driving the machine. And so you want to have people that are, that are happy in their work and you want to have people that can continue to grow with you. Um, but also you need to realize at one point that you reach a certain stage and you, you might not have the right team for you and you need to be open to make those changes or higher on top and things like that. And the, every time I, I, whether in consulting or in mentoring, HR is a huge aspect. Um, is a huge, huge, or I call it people <laughs> or talent. Yeah. It's a huge aspect of building a business and either, even like your employer brand, uh, the market is so competitive right now. Like if you, if you didn't build a name for yourself, like who are you? <laughs> yeah, so like this needs to be kind of started earlier on and, and, and making sure that you, uh, you do the right, you, you do the right hires at the beginning, but at the beginning it will be people who are, joining you to build something but also have worked with you and enjoyed working with you okay. and they're willing to take on the challenge okay so basically people that uh their values are aligned with your their vision is aligned with yours that would be uh and yep. uh speaking of talent we uh during our conversation you touched on uh hiring uh difficulties talent finding in the talent pool, uh, any comments about that in the Montreal ecosystem specifically? Nowadays or before? <laughs> <laughs> the whole spectrum now to the beginning. Um, I think at the beginning, well, obviously at the beginning of a company, you don't have a name, like I mentioned. So yeah. uh, for people that you've never met that come into an interview, they, they're, they're a bit skepticism about like, like, oh, well, is the business. <laughs> doing yeah. when I get my next paycheck and and it's a stress as well for whoever starts a business right it's always that the component and and you put your people forward so you want to make sure that you don't bullshit them when you hire them like you tell them as it is um and so hiring in Montreal like I said at the beginning you will have uh, like people that you've worked with that you know that will follow you um and, and that creates a good a good pool. And then these people have other connections and people that they want to bring in the adventure as well. So a lot of our first hires were really word of mouth. 
Um, from a development standpoint, it, it, it was really like posting and people looking for a job. I think it was easier seven years ago than, than what it is right now. And um, there, there is a lot of demand. The market is very con contingenté, we say in French. I don't know in English, but contingent. Very let's busy. Let's, let's be busy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's there's a lot of, of, of new companies. There's a lot of growing companies. There's a lot of companies coming from the Valley, uh, establishing themselves here. So Montreal's become quite challenge, challenging with market, uh, a challenging market. Um, salaries expectation are off the roof. It's like everything or every aspect there's people that have a hundred open position there's companies that like talking in five with five different companies um a week ago there was over 280 position open we're all after the same talent okay so it's it's very challenging at at this stage but i still feel as though people have a sense that they want to they want to work for a company where they can make a difference And so it's a very, it's a matter of how you position uh, yourself in the market. You have to be obviously fairly competitive in terms of compensations and benefits and stuff, but also you, you, you have to show that you're making a difference. There's, there's kind of all of those little, do, uh, little box you need to checks, <laughs> yeah. like um say socially responsible like how do you how do you do socially what's your mission what are you driving and why should i work with you and so it's much more of a um employee market than an employer market but there's there's um there's still very good things that can be done i think people in montreal um and and i think the other factor right now is the pandemic it's the fact that people yes. can work for any companies anywhere So it's even more challenging to retain our talent in, in Montreal, uh, but also it gives us a larger market to, to pick from. So companies here start to hire externally yeah. um, because it will be a norm most likely not to go back to a full-time office, but people yeah. miss the office. Yeah, it's a, it is a double-edged sword. So some uh, for some people is it's it's a benefit. For others, it's they can't find the talent. For some people, there's a lot of demand. For others, there's not enough of what they're looking for. Same thing with going to the office. It's a very divisive. Uh, Crazy. Yeah. yeah I, no. I don't know how you how we call them in English, but you know when you you learn the history, you learn about the nomad and the sedentaire. So. The, the the people that like to the, travel, the nomads, yeah. yeah, that are more social and things like the uh, sedentaire, the ones that stay at home, and the nomad yeah. that 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 like to travel and and uh, and and you see that now in the company. Like you would have asked someone at the beginning, like, are you more of a nomad or a sedentaire? And people would have been like, oh, I like to be at the office and things. And now they're at home, they're comfy. It's like nah, I wouldn't yeah. want to go back to the office. Um, <laughs> but people miss. Because you build such a strong culture and 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 a a bond and and when you go to the office and you have that flexibility to stand up and go ask a question to someone, some would say, "Well, yeah, but then I can work much more at home because nobody comes and asks questions." But you build that proximity. Yeah, without and, even knowing and, it is true. And it's uh, it creates a, a stronger a stronger product as well because I feel that so it reflects in people's voice and in people when they talk to clients and stuff like that. Okay. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely true, and we can feel it in our everyday uh, jobs as well. It's uh, there's a lot of the dynamic has completely changed. Um, my other question was uh, back to the back to the startup. So uh, hiring the right people is a challenge um, at the beginning and and at in a pandemic, I guess. Um, so and every startup faces a, a bunch of different challenges. What were the ones? you faced that you think were specific to you and how did you how did you overcome them um it's a good question i think at every stage or every phase of the company there are different challenges that that arise um particular challenges where uh, when you do have that that rapid growth um you need to find people. So hiring was like, it's not yesterday, it's now. Uh, so so you, you have to obviously be able to fulfill the demand. And so what happens is that sometimes it takes, like it puts a lot of pressure on people that you have because clients are coming in, implementation or ends. And so people have to wear those multiple different hats because you just need to continue to roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the beginning, a very small team had to do pretty much everything. It was like, well, this is where I need you right now. <laughs> there, there's something that needs to be done there, and this is where we're going to go. So um, so like I said, finding those people that are very flexible in terms of what their roles and responsibilities would be um, is, is a key, but also a challenge because mm-hmm. – um, you have people that come out of school and they're like, oh, I studied marketing. It's great. And I want to be in marketing. And I'm like, yeah, but you'll do finance too. So <laughs> like being able to, to, to find those, those type of, of personality um, was one challenge. But then on, on the flip side, as well as you grow, uh, if I stay in a, in a people perspective, um, it's, it's knowing as well uh, when to let go of people that kind of, they like the company outgrew maybe their capacity. Okay. Like you try to yeah. stick to them as much as possible, but from a leadership standpoint, you can you need to continue to to evolve and bring in people that have them that next steps. From a product standpoint as well, what we saw was a uh, um, you know you build a product for for your clients and you build something that really helps them and it has to be as mission critical as possible for their businesses. With that comes a lot of their feedback and a lot of things they want to see in the product. And so how do you manage product and development if all of your clients are pulling the blanket on a different side or like, no, we need this first and no, we need this first. And so um, really, really kind of building that that ecosystem of product and, and um, development to build the product that you foresee being the right product, taking in consideration the feedback and so how do you, like having the right mix of yep. improvements based on clients needs and and the fact is you cannot come you, you cannot build a product that that's going to be uh, customized to each right so keeping that line where you it's one product there's one source code or like one environment um, that's live for everyone and so the large and the small and the medium and the this so how do you how do you do that? That was a, a big challenge. And then um, which team do you build first? Um, <laughs> and that's why I said you need versatile people. But then at one point, um, 
At one point, we built departments, and then at one point, we realized that we had too many departments. Okay. So we were like, it's too siloed. So the communication between the department wasn't flowing as it should have been flowing. Okay. Um, and so you're like, yeah, marketing is in charge of this, but then obviously product has something to say to marketing because mm -hmm. they know the product they built that's going to be market like marketed but then everybody needs to know about like the sales needs to be trained before and and so very much figuring out that kind of cycle internally uh, of um your flow so we talk a lot about customer journey but like what's your internal journey in terms of launching new products or sales or training or anything like that so um you just realize there's a lot of little pieces that you yeah. haven't accounted for and you're like Ooh. Um, and then uh, 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 legal standpoint, I think a lot of people forget, like, you're so exciting to sign a new client. You're just like, oh, I don't have any agreements to use. Like, <laughs> what do I put in there? And, and, and we live now in a world of like very much security, security, security. So um, everything that's web-based online and things like that needs to be secured. So it starts much more earlier on into... Um, to, to be encrusted in, in small startup uh, than it used to be before. Okay, interesting. Um, I want to touch on the the the, the silos uh, the silos point and the communication flowing between departments. That's uh, that's uh, that's interesting to me. Um, do you think the 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 whole new uh, situation, the working from home and and all that, um, do you think it created more silos or it broke some uh, broke some uh, some walls between departments? And colleagues? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, the reality is you still have those team meetings online as they used to happen. Um, but but you don't have that I'm walking by this this place in the office and you hear a conversation and you can you can kind of get into it as well with them. Um, yeah. has it broken it? I don't think so. Um, I think it's really a matter of, uh, it, I feel as though we, we spend a lot of time trying to <laughs> rethink the way departments should be built and like, should you have a leader on top of product and tech or should it be two separated ones and then have a CTO on top? And like, we do play a lot about roles and, and responsibility, but at the end of the day, what's this group's mission and how where does it intervene in the cycle? So we built a cycle that says, like, this is the conception, so the creativity, and then creativity needs to be designed and then designed, and then people internally needs to be trained. And so trying to get everybody to understand where they belong into the, the, the chain um, rather than thinking I'm a department and, and this, is, this is all I do. Yeah. It's my wall. Uh, I felt as though the office kind of had given that proximity of people across department, uh, but working from home, like we had 12 new people that started and it's like, Oh, who are these people? I've never seen them before. And you're not, you're not tempted unless it's really much your personality to book yourself a zoom meeting with that person to say, yeah. hi, I'm, I'm this person. And especially as the company grows, it's, um, so I guess it's more of a focus of like, what's your, what's your roles and responsibility in the equation and how do you, or can you make a difference and, and things like that? So it's shifted a lot of things. Um, 
did it break down the barriers or the silos? I don't think it's barriers, but I think it's much, it, it, it's more um, a broken in the chain of command. <laughs> but now it's uh, it's still flowing. I think if, if, if the leaders that have those, uh, those mission or their specific missions of each of the groups and what needs to be done, um, it, it's working, it's still working. Yeah, that's uh, people will find their balance eventually. Um, Hope so. <laughs> uh, the question I have next is: Tech is uh, mostly male-dominated space. Um, so, how does it feel, or was? Uh, how does it feel to be a woman in tech? What are uh, the challenges? What are uh, any advice you have for for people trying to get in? Um, I think it's 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 changed a lot. I think there's a lot more women in tech than than uh, what it used to be. I think what we mean by saying that is there's less women attracted to product or development or QA position in a company. Um, we have a very we have a lot of women attracted um, in head of departments, but um, I was asked that that question um, in a panel about two years, two and a half years ago. And I said, it's not about being a woman in tech. It's about being qualified and enjoying what you do. And so a lot of women, you will find them in, in, in HR roles. You will find them in marketing roles, even in sales roles, um, maybe less on the product and development side, but there's still a big component of, of tech companies. Um, and so when I when when we hire and we look at a resume, we don't say, "Oh, we need to be balanced." We need to yeah. we look at like the the qualified person to do the job and the person that you know from a culture standpoint fits as well with your with your company. Um, and so and so that was my answer. At the end of the day, whether it's woman, I didn't find it a difficult. Um, because I have a personality <laughs> that that doesn't uh, make it this way, but I think there's a lot of, of uh, female entrepreneurs that are that are amazing, doing a fantastic job. Like, good for them if they started businesses and things like that. It's I don't think it it was um, I don't think it was a challenge to start a business. I just think that a lot of women before just didn't want to do that and all the things that comes with it, uh, and so you still see a lot of women in, 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 in the tech space, if I can say, but in roles that they enjoy doing. A, a woman follows her guts and her feelings, right? If she doesn't like the job, she's not going to take it, usually. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a very good thing that uh, probably men like a bit. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so now you're a uh, your mentor uh, at uh, Techstars AI and uh, Founder Fuel. Um, what in your background um, helped you become a mentor? Is it something you always wanted or is it a natural progression of, of your roles? Um, I, I started being a mentor back uh, three years. Yeah, it's been three years ago for both the Founder Fuel and Techstar. Um, I enjoy helping. Like to me, the creative part of the beginning of startups is what really excited me and got me all crazy about, about startup. And so being able to help um, some of those companies face their early on challenge and, 
think outside the box with them and, and be creative about like solutions. And obviously it's evolving. So it's even much more interesting to um, have the ability to see how different companies face those challenges. And it equips me as well with a lot more um, with a lot more tools to, to help other companies. So I just always really enjoyed it. Um, being able to, to, to give to the others and also say, Hey, watch out, this is going to come where have you thought about this or um, it, it's going to, it's going to come very soon. It's around the corner. You don't see it coming. And, uh, but also helping think, um, think through what needs to be done and what stage they're at and what's the next steps and things like that. It's, um, it's always been natural for me just to, to, to help others and to do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, so awesome. I will continue. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, well, as a mentor, you already gave us uh, advice on who to hire and uh, and 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 what people to look for. Um, do you have any advice for startups uh, in general, early stage, uh, or or any stage really? And um, any advice around uh, fundraising? Um, yeah. So I'll go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, fundraising is uh, don't wait too oh, late. <laughs> don't wait when it's too late and you think you're going to close around in a month. Uh, so ensure that you're you're prepared ahead of time. Um, I'd say one of the thing is is find um, find the partners in in the in the the company that you're going to uh, choose or the VC you're going to choose to accompany you and. Do it bit with um, what they can help you with. So a lot of VCs are very well connected and can make intros in, in your field. Ensure they understand your field first um, as well, but also see, like, is it from an operational standpoint that they can help? Do they have a team in the background that's going to support you? Is it from a product standpoint that they, they can help you? At a different stage, you're going to be looking for different type of VCs, but so ensure that you have that, that proximity with your VCs. And it's not like when you're going to a board, you're not saying, Shh, I need to present to like my board of director yeah, or my yeah. VCs. Like they're supposed to be there to help you. Of course, they've put money in your business, but at the same time, you should very much feel comfortable to calling them. If something's happening and you're not sure about and, and kind of go and get that. So find a partner that's going to, that's going to help you throughout that. Um, from a legal standpoint, be prepared. Um, we, we just like a first term sheet that you receive. Um, I was talking with a company that just got a first term sheet. And they're like, Oh my God, there's so much stuff in it. And you're like, yeah, there's a lot of things. And <laughs> like, make sure that you, you kind of seek legal, um, uh, legal advice on it because you don't want to be giving everything that you have either. Um, you spend a lot of time building that company and you will for a long time. So ensure that you, first have the right partner that's going to help and support you through that. But that from, from a legal standpoint, you're, you're also protected. Um, and, and it, it's, it's not a, a eight hour, eight hours a day job. If you're, if you're starting a business, you're, you're going to be spending quite the amount of times um, in your business. So, and, and you need to do so. I'm not saying that you don't need to have a work-life balance or that you can't take vacation, but 
most of the time you you have to be there because you're you're not only building a company you have people that work with you that um you want to help as well grow within your business and things like that so um, there's a lot of things to take in consideration but overall if you it should be fun you should you should enjoy it we we had so much fun building it um and and building the culture and building the team that we have so like if i look back yeah seven years from now i was of course it was a lot of work but it was it was just an amazing journey so um i wish that to everyone it's not always easy <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah that's that's what i would say awesome and um any anything in particular you'd look for like or you'd look to to boost in 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 uh in young entrepreneurs like um you talked about f- uh, financial or their legal knowledge uh is is that something is that an advice you would give to anybody starting off or any young yeah, person yeah i think i think those like you need to be aware of those and you need to be aware before they they kind of come right in front of you but i think at the beginning is like surround yourself with people that you know Um, can multitask and like not necessarily multitask, but can wear multiple hats. Um, okay. Surround yourself with versatile people to begin with. Um, then, of course, you might want to have that specific person in marketing that's going to do like a phenomenal job that has all of that experience. Um, I feel as though as well, and I, I've told that to many startups. It's why are we always looking to hire C level to begin with? Unless like you're the founding teams. Um, it, give the room for people to grow within within a position as well um otherwise what happens and what i see a lot is is kind of a demotion to a c level to put someone on top of um so there's n- like if if for us it was like if somebody really really represented themselves by the title we would question the hire um so is it a title you're after or is it literally like You want to come in, you want to build, and you want to grow with us. Um, okay. So that would be, uh, and and that's just a personal advice, and it's part it's part of our uh, our so culture. Um, but we're born in the generation where our parents would say, "You want this? Go work for it." Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so so that's what it is, and uh, I'd say as well. Um, always have a side of tech and a side of business. I think that's what really made the success for us. Um, if you don't have anybody in tech, find someone, get introduced to people in tech that could, that you would see an amazing fit with. And the same thing from a tech standpoint, seek for business, um, business partners. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Um, we've opened up the Q&A section, so I invite everybody uh, to ask uh, questions if they have them. There's uh, two questions. Um, now, well, Mike Lacroix. Um, so first question is, employee retention is uh, in tech is already hard. How do you build that sense of identity and loyalty towards the employer in the remote first world? It's a good question. It uh, brings together a couple of things we talked about. And I'm very visual. Where can I see that question? Um, <laughs> I think I can. <laughs> if you click on chat, Q&A. Oh, yeah, there. Yeah, first one. Amazing. Hmm. In tech is, see, I'm in tech and I don't even know where to see questions. Um, 
towards the employment of remote first world. Um, it's very it's very difficult right now to, to to kind of have that retention, but I think it's the message that you're giving. A lot of people are looking for a purpose. Um, they're looking to join a company that's gonna um, either help their career, fun enough, funny enough, career growth, um, business uh, development, so g getting more training. That's what we see a lot. So, what's your plan for that? From a retention standpoint as well. Um, look into uh that sense of identity comes with the, the company and how you 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 build your messaging around your employer brand uh so how how present are you from a people standpoint on different channels um how are your people that that have been with the company for a while how are they interacting with newcomers so like, do you have a Slack channel where all new people, we had a fun, a fun game where every time we hired someone, they, they received a quick questionnaire about, you know, more of so their personality and what's their preferred food, where have they traveled, if they had a magic power, what would it be and things like that. So yeah, you kind of get to know people um, more. And I feel as though people connected, we have channels on music, channels on books, channels on like uh, food, channels on different things because people connect over things that they like. Um, and people find that they're that they belong when they 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 have a group of people um, that they can chat with. So uh, we used to have a ping pong table in the office. We don't have it anymore. But now there is a, a, a music channels because we have a lot of musicians within our business, and so they record some stuff together and things like that. So you got to find new ways, but. Um, Ensure that you survey your employees as well about, you know, what they like and what um, what's the most important in the, for them at a workplace and how do they like to be managed. And there's so much things that you, you need to dig into to make sure you offer kind of the right packages. And it, it's become more personal, I feel, um, or adapted to each of the employees that you have rather than being, hey, here we have a ping pong table and this is what we do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay awesome uh thank you uh second question from samer uh, i've been working with my wife on three different companies and now starting a new project one of the potential co-founders uh, who would join uh, john mentioned he wasn't comfortable with the idea he wanted to count us as one person voice instead of two different founders we each have our skills and bring different values in the company. Any advice on how to deal with the situation? It's a good question. Um, why? I would I would challenge the person as to why you would you would be seen as one person. I think you you said it. You guys both have your differences and you both have your skill sets and you bring what you have to the table. I think it's unfair for someone to think that two person will become one then they're going to fight at home. Like you're going to fight at home. It's like you, you shouldn't be, you should be seen as one. Of course you need to be aligned, but you and your partners can still have in a meeting room, those are those arguments. They're not personal. They're about business and they're about, you know, putting your ideas forward. Um, and so that person should, should uh, take both of your opinion and your expertise into accounts. So, I, I'm unsure about, um, we've had that question a lot of like, how's the relationship between you and him and things like that. But 
they they start right from the bat that you know when when we're in the business we're in the business and we we talk about business um and we both have the skill set that we need to be there um i think it it would be unfair for someone to come and say well she's here only because of you or you're there only because of her um it's it's you guys have started something together and I would I would question the person. I would literally ask him like what they're scared of. Like why yeah. would yeah, like what what's stopping them? And and if you don't feel it, I I wouldn't move forward. <laughs> yeah, legitimate uh, questioning of of why the question was asked in the first place. Yeah. Okay, um thank you for that. Another question from uh, Louis VC investor related uh, heard about the practice of adding an additional team member before adding a VC or investor on the board. What do you think of this practice? And by adding a team member, I'm sorry, Louis, but do you mean adding, are you alone in the business and you want to add another employee before adding a VC or are you just talking about the board composition of like, adding somebody, an additional member to the board before bringing in a VC. Usually that's what it would be. Whenever you bring in a VC, you, you have two seats on your side and one on the VC that invest. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to, um, to just make sure I understand the question properly. Okay, Louis, if you can answer us and then we'll get back to it. We'll get back to that. Uh, Sean, can you talk more about, uh, well, Louis answered, so, B plus one versus a VC. Again, B plus one in the business or B plus one on the board? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, let's, let's jump to, uh, to Sean and then we'll get back to that and explore it. So uh, can you talk more about the core values at Tractic? Sure. Um, we, it's funny because we did our, our, we did our values with our, our early early employees, the ones that, that came in at the beginning, we had a big whiteboard and then we said like, what does it feel for you? Or what does it feel like for you to be working at Tractic? And so we could, um, we, we could write uh, what we taught and then people could vote for uh, different things. So uh, literally it, it, for us, it was like, keep it simple. Like don't don't try to overcomplicate things. Obviously, it's gonna get complicated enough as we go. So keep it simple. Fun is part of the journey. I said it. If you don't um, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're not in the right place. Um, you need to be very versatile. Uh, you need to have that um, that team player attitude. So for us, it was all about you know we're building something together we're, you're not like going alone on your corner and doing something we need to be very hands in hands um to build this company uh and, and performance was was one of them as well because you know you want the company to be successful if everybody's very happy and oh my god this is so much fun to work here but like there's no result like yeah. <laughs> you don't have a business so we wanted to have eager people that were really much results driven and, and, and that would take satisfaction in winning. Like it's, it's so much fun when you, you go and you lend a client and we, we had a bell at Tractic where we would ring the bell like crazy <laughs> when somebody would close a deal. And we also had kind of a big pipe or temperature meters that said, if we, um, if we achieve our target this year, we're all going down south. And so we had South Shore, we had like Florida, <laughs> and all the way to different. So 
that was the fun part of the journey, but we all invested like a lot of efforts into making it successful. So it was like winning as a team and, and going the extra mile to make sure that we, we get there. Okay. Interesting. Um, I like the, uh, the down South, uh, yeah. South shore. <laughs> south shore. If, we, if we only reach this, we're going to South shore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, Carrie. We said on the board, so yes. uh, he said on the board, of course. Uh, so, Louis, it will come naturally as you had a VC, you, you could select a, somebody, a, another board member, usually with you. Um, it, it would be a co founder uh, most of the time, like Simon and I are on the board. We represent Tractic, and, and obviously, we have a lot more VC, but. When our first VC came in, they nominated somebody to be on the board, but we were two on our side. Okay. Louis, we hope that uh, answers your question. Um, Carrie, uh, Carrie's question is, uh, she loved how you talked that uh, women want to work at a place their gut tells them is good. So this is, yeah, it's very important. Um, Could you chat more about scaling your idea, uh, scaling your, your team, team and mm -hmm. building diverse and inclusive cultures? Um, sure. It's a full one hour discussion in itself. <laughs> it's a packed question. It, it's a, yeah, it's obviously inclusive and diverse and, and um, we have all of that. And I think we, we praise ourselves for, for having that attractive because it was just part of who we were. Um, and we, we really, there was no, there was no questions. I feel as though it's, it's much more a topic nowadays, but for us, it was like, you know, qualified for the, the position. At one point we had people, we had 43 different language spoken in the office wow. and we were extremely like proud of that. And it was so much fun because we could learn all sorts of different languages and different cultures. We had potlucks where everybody would bring uh, a meal from their from their origin so like we we had so much <laughs> so much food for, for days yeah it was and we always talked about it very openly um okay. and so if there was any concern people felt they were in a safe environment and i think all of that building your team scaling your team and diverse and inclusive culture all starts with people feeling they're safe in the environment they're in And they feel as though they can open and talk about it. Um, and so that really um, kind of says a lot about the different managers or people we hired where it was crucial for us to, to make sure that people have that, that sense of belonging, but that feeling that they won't be judged for what they say or it won't be, there won't be any discrimination or there won't be anything. Everybody's opinion is heard and people can come in. So we do a lot. I don't know if you've been on TrackTech's website, but we just, um, we just, um, how do you say this? We just released <laughs> a report about uh, the diversity um, and inclusions that we do at TrackTech and um, from, from, All of our team, pretty much everybody answered all the questions. They were very open about it. Okay. Thank you. Um, Mike, what skills should a CEO in pre-Series A startup have? Does it change as the company grows? So do you have to adapt your skills as you grow? <sighs> I, I think you can learn along the way. Um, What skills that, that should that person have? 
a holistic understanding of business. Um, you don't have to be a specialist in everything, but you need, you obviously have one thing that's your, 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 your main factor. So for Simon, it was obviously developing. He could code overnight what we needed for a client the next day. So that's like the skill set that, 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 that he had that make him uh, very different. Um, I was a very much people person. Um, and, and so that's my, that's more my skills or so, but you have to be kind of a generalist when you start and you have to be a leader. You, you have to make sure that people want to join you, um, and, and join you in your journey and that they, they believe you, but you, it's a trust as well. So I think you need to be trustable <laughs> so that people, people join your company. Does it evolve over the years? Um, Sure, sure. And I think a good skill that CEO can have is knowing that it might not be their spot anymore. Uh, but hiring somebody that will become maybe president of their company and run it. Um, I, I think it's it's being very much aware of your, your strength and your opportunities or weaknesses uh, will make you a very good CEO. And knowing that <laughs> when people, when you talk and people don't get what you're saying, you need to be aware of that. And so, and, and kind of take a step back. So uh, yeah. it's a lot about realizing yourself about more who you are. That's okay. a very interesting. Thank you. Um, one last question. And, and that's from Louis. Um, I often get asked to be a partner in companies. Does it make sense to get points percentage across time and KPIs? Across time and KPIs. Partners, I help grow. Does it make sense to get points? Um, mm -mm. So, are you a partner, or do you you work in the marketing department of those companies? I think he's being asked to be a partner and and help them grow. And help them grow. It depends on what you want to do. And like, do you want to to? be a partner in a specific company and, and continue on that journey. Like be a, like, do you see yourself in that company for at least four five, six, seven years, depending on, on where you guys want to bring it or be upfront from the beginning to say, I'm only going to be here for two years and this is uh, what I'm going to do. But you, you can definitely um, get a percentage across time and some KPIs if it's, if it's done properly, I don't see why not. Um, but I think the question is to be very much upfront at the beginning to say, I'm not willing to commit to 80 hours a week to <laughs> for the next four years, or I am willing to, to, to give all my effort to, to one business. Um, if it's multiple businesses, again, like make sure that you're able to split your time and, but yeah, totally depending on what you, uh, depending on what you want. Awesome. Thank you. So um, I'll finish up with one uh, last question for you. I mean, what's next? What's next for Julie as a mentor? What's next for Tractic? Well, Tractic is, 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 is still doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing uh, to grow the business. There's, there's a lot of movement in the security space because we're in physical security. So very much looking at the market and the trends and where it's going. Um, me personally, um, 
I enjoy I, I, I enjoy supporting and consulting for different companies. So I'm going to continue in that path. Um, it's kind of taking my little break from from seven years of uh, of madness. Uh, and then who knows? I still have a head full of ideas, and we'll see where that brings me. Awesome. Well, uh, Julie, thank you so much for the chat. Um, I really appreciate it. It was a really lovely talk. Um, thanks again for uh, for accepting our invitation. It's a pleasure. It was a lot of fun to discuss growth with you. There's so many <laughs> things we can say. <laughs> yes, we can go on and on. Thank you so much for your time, and hope to talk to you soon. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.